Hey guys, some of you uh, probably are still enjoying your three-day weekend. Um, I had always planned to begin doing these daily copies on September 5th because I just looked at my calendar and English people don't know Labor Day is Labor Day. Uh, I'd already planned a couple of weeks worth of content to put out, so I'm just going to dive in uh, and start today. If you're sat on your phone this morning and you didn't even want to think about work, uh, here you go. You can think about it. Uh, if you want to just scroll on by, you can scroll on by. This will drop the newsletter that we're going to start doing daily will drop on uh, LinkedIn exclusively at 10 a.m. today. No, it won't drop at 10 a.m. It'll drop at uh, noon today uh, and noon every day. And then these videos will be a quick review of everything that we put in that daily newsletter. Um, so the newsletter today, we talked about three, three things. We talked about uh, finance tech, uh, emerging technology, and marketing. Um, and we're going to just kind of dive into those points today uh, inside uh, the daily copy here. You can go back and watch all of these on our YouTube channel, or you can listen to them as you commute on any kind of podcast listener that you listen to anything on. Uh, so we'll be there. We'll be hanging out with you. And I'm shooting this in downtown Owensboro right now. Uh, and that's where we, we our offices kind of reside. So it's cool. It's cool. We'll drop these every day. Look forward to it. Uh, put us on mute on LinkedIn. We'll be live streaming these on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, uh, YouTube as well. So, and then I'm going to take them and make a million little clips with them. So, diving into the diving into the newsletter today, uh, beginning with finance. Um, did you know what the Amer average American household income is? And did you know Gen Z want a whole lot more than that? So, this comes from a report. Um, this comes from a report uh, released recently talking about the expectations that Gen Z have for their income. Um, uh, and from the report, while baby boomers are reportedly comfortable with 78.3 thousand a year, and I think that's right at the point where, I think Jordan Peterson talks about this a little bit, that's right at the point of money where a little bit more money over your lifestyle doesn't affect you. So say you had a... Um, uh, a job at $75,000 a year and someone came to you and said, hey, I have a, uh, a job where you're going to have to work a little bit harder, uh, but I'll pay you $80,000. You, that's at that point uh, in American life where you're more likely to say, no, I kind of like my lifestyle. I like my life workload. I'm not going to go ahead and do that, do that job. So uh, that's uh, what baby boomers are saying. That's a good amount of income. So they're probably saving it for retirement in that same way that, hey, I want this income a year um, to talk to use uh, as I kind of retire. Um, however, members of the younger generation said they need a lot more to feel financially healthy. Uh, a lot of Gen Zers are shooting for high annual amounts of 171000 um, uh, and a quick reminder, the average American salary is still at 51,000. Um, so this is super interesting. And I wonder if it has a lot more to do with the kind of the way the world is working right now. And I don't know if, uh, younger people are valuing their time more than previous generations. If younger people are seeing, if you're, you're going to make me do something for at least 40 hours a week, I need to be paid a lot more than what people have historically been paid for 40 hours a week. So I have no idea if that, but it seems that that may be something to do with it. Um, 
uh, and we wrote here in the in the in the we we break this down a little bit more, and we are linked to a couple of things too in the daily newsletter. But uh, it might be telling for a couple of reasons. Maybe young people, Gen Z, and millennials, and alike, just want more money, and this may be a uh, why the minimum wage discussion is pretty prevalent in those younger age groups. Or this might be a fallout from a new kind of thinking, this image and likeness uh, uh, thinking. And we talk about this a lot at our agency, this image and likeness kind of uh, idea that now the NCAA is allowing uh, people to profit off their own image and likeness. So I can sh sell merch if I'm, I found I'm an NCAA basketball player. I can sell merch now. Um and make profit off that. So I'll set up a Shopify store and I'll sell the jerseys that I wore in the game. Uh, obviously more will be, certain jerseys will be worth more, just kind of like anything is worth more than other things. But say I uh, shoot a last minute three pointer to win the game and I sell that shirt that I wore when I did that, um, I can profit off that now. So is this, is this kind of thinking and is this allowance at the highest level of sport going to flood its way down into the, into the, into the culture and, and younger people are going to say, well, uh, my labor is my, is my only asset that I can leverage right now. Cause I don't have any other things that I can leverage. Uh, can I use that labor asset to exchange for money at a higher rate than I would have? So obviously the actual shirt, the actual shirt that you sell on the Shopify store is um, worth a lot more than the replica shirt that's sold in the stores at the at the uh, arenas and stuff. So I wonder if that if all these things put together have something to do with it. Um, what else do we write here? Not only do the NCAA is allowing people to own and profit from their personal assets, it might be that all young people are beginning to look at themselves as an asset. And in this light, they can charge and assume they'll be paid on those assets at a higher rate. So um, instead of uh, jobs being worth a certain amount per hour, so this job is worth this per hour, young people are going to start saying, or maybe they already are, communicating that no my labor is worth this this is what it's worth to get me to come do this um and this is how i should be compensated for this not that it doesn't have any reflection on the skill or level of the job but having me here as and i am the asset to do this uh, because i bring a whole bunch of other skills uh, and i can leverage this job there's two ways it could go it could go bad or it could go good but it is interesting that younger people want a lot more money. Moving on to emerging technology. This is super interesting. So this is about uh, wind turbines, but you can kind of extrapolate from this uh, a whole bunch of stuff about localism and local people trying to generate and decentralize uh, energy production and energy power. So uh, uh, wind turbines are back. And they are smaller than ever. I don't know if they ever went anywhere, but conventional wisdom around wind turbines goes as follows. The bigger, the better. So a big wind turbine, like a lot of people think that's an eyesore. And when you think of wind turbines, you instantly think of those huge things that someone's stuck in a field. So uh, uh, what? while much of the focus uh, is on deploying large turbine units um, that can generate 
uh, grid level energy, a San Diego based company called Uprise Energy is looking to serve a smaller niche, places that need less energy than a city or town, but still wish to find a cost effective way to reduce reliance on fossil fuel energy resources like diesel power generators. I don't know if these small communities are as interested as what it says here in reducing diesel power and reducing fossil fuels rather than finding cheaper ways to uh, utilize energy with gas prices always going up. Uh, it doesn't say that here, but I I don't know if there's a bunch of people in small small America worrying about um, worrying about uh, fossil fuels. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. According to a 2019 Department of Energy uh, report, there are hundreds of isolated communities in the U.S. alone that rely on diesel generators for some, and this is wild, they rely on them for some or all of their power. I didn't know that uh, before, before I looked into this. I did not know that there's some communities that are solely relying on diesel generators for power. Didn't know that. So uh, this is super interesting that you could, if you could decentralize uh, and localize energy production and pull it away from the grid um, and put it in the households of families, that would decentralize and be a big disruption in the market. So we'll keep an eye on that. And there's a lot of news coming out about the decentralization and um, uh, this, uh, the, the creation of energy in more local areas. And by that, I mean on, on the family level, on the household, on the property level with solar power, and you've probably all been inundated with the pink energy stuff on TikTok and Instagram. They're everywhere. I actually had one dude come out to my house and try and sell me on one out to the farm. But there's a lot of development in this area. And it's super interesting. Okay, moving on. Uh, and then we'll finish with this. Uh, and this is all in the newsletter. And everything I talked about has the links in the newsletter, which drops exclusively on LinkedIn. You'll be emailed it if you sign up for the newsletter. But uh, moving on to marketing... And this is super interesting, uh, randomly or not so randomly, uh, those boring ins institutions called schools have better branding than most other institutions. And I say that because, because U.S. colleges and universities are trusted more than any institutions, according to a study a special news report from the Morning Consult. So the U.S. Uh, government, corporations, and media organizations all scored lower on trust than the place where you would get... <laughs> that's funny. On the place where you get food poisoning in the cafeteria. That's what it says. So uh, what's super interesting about this is no one trusts anything big anymore. Uh, it's just... It's, it's true because of this next fact. Uh, but younger generations still aren't sold still aren't sold on this idea of big education and big um, big school. The age group that uh, had the lowest trust in U.S. universities of any generation, trusting higher ed, 14% less than the baby boomers, probably because this was Gen Z. So Gen Z was the age group that trusted. So the next generation, the upcoming generation, trusted schools, uh, these schools a lot less than everyone else. So that's super interesting. Uh, they actually trusted them 14% less than baby boomers. So you ask a baby boomer, hey, do you trust what Harvard says? They would say yes. And Gen Z would say 14% of Gen Z would say absolutely. And we trust it. We trust Harvard 14% less than that old codger over there. So uh,
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's interesting that no one trusts these big uh, uh, institutions anymore. And only older people, only an older generation of people, including my, the millennial generation and the baby boomers and everyone in between, trusted these because they were inundated with the propaganda that said you need a four-year degree you need to go get an education you need to go do this but it seems that the marketing done to a younger generation of people who are now seeing all of their parents up to their eyeballs in medical debt not medical debt school debt but maybe medical debt too are seeing that and seeing that is not a way of life that i want to be a part of it just isn't i don't want to be a part of that and those schools have crushed a lot of my life through the debt of my parents, uh, which will only disappear if they die. And I don't want any part to do with that. Um, so the branding of schools is lessening uh, or the big, the branding of big institutions, which means there's a huge gap, a huge hole for smaller, more local institutions to capitalize on the holes being left behind. Um, and we wrote in the newsletter uh, no one trusts big brands or big media or big anything anymore. Trust development and approachability are the future of marketing and branding. Being an ethereal online company with no personality or personal branding is going to be the death of a company. People interacting with people is the future of branding and sales. And then I would add on to that and expand on that by saying people interacting with people on a local level, on a local level is the future of branding so we may see the return of the mom and pop grocery store we may see the return of the more local university the decentralized university uh because you it's tangible you can get to it you can touch it if there's something there that you don't like you can go see it but if you send your kids off to alabama university and they're 10 hours away it's a 10 hour drive you have no idea what's going on there and everyone is kind of recognizing that everyone is beginning to see that these huge institutions are leveraging uh, the financial future of individuals uh, for for a monetary benefit in in the actual moment. So, super interesting. The article is going to drop today at noon over on LinkedIn. If you go and subscribe to the article, you will be uh, able to. Uh, you'll be emailed an update uh, every day when we drop it. These will drop um, every day too at 10 a.m. You'll be able to see me every day at 10 a.m. on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. So look forward to that. But uh, please, guys, go check us out. Check out everything we're up to at the agency, everything that we're we're developing and growing. Uh, hopefully you uh, had some good takeaways on this. Leave some comments below uh, if you watch this later. and I'll be able to respond to those um some other time but yeah thanks for being here with us today it was good to see you all